Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. Today on the Ether, Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing. Today, World Poetry Day. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Rihanna Morgan, and this is the Roving with Rihanna show. Hi, I see some friendly faces in the audience. I'll send around some invitations to see if anyone wants to jump up and chat today. So our show today is going to be celebrating World Poetry Day. So I'm so excited that you are here. We're gonna wait a little bit longer and maybe a few people will join us. I know that the previous space going on right before us was filled with so many amazing writers and so many amazing poets that some of them may trickle over here as time goes by, but they were in a really engaging conversation. So, Hi, Dylan. How are you today? Hey, Rihanna. How are you? I'm I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm busy. I had a uh, a long run earlier, and there's a uh, a lot of really nice weather action going on here in Lubbock. So you know, I'm just hanging out outside at one of my favorite coffee shops and uh, listening into some spaces and enjoying. Uh, what, what did you say the holiday today was? Uh, National Poetry Writing Day. Yeah, today is World Poetry Day. So World Poetry Day. That's incredible. All right. <laughs> I know. I know. So I there's no we're not focusing on any one topic today, not like irony or metaphor or anything like that. We're just focusing on poetry itself. So I just went through my my memory and and picked out some poems that spoke to me and that I have loved and that have loved me over the years. So Yes, I just thought, oh, well, let's talk about poetry. But I'm so excited to talk about um, anything that touches us today. So that's, it's kind of a lovely, a lovely time. I really always feel like that poetry is our soul in words. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's lovely and sometimes it's wonderful and heart-wrenching. And, but I feel like it, you know, we just lay our soul out there in words so i'm excited to do this today so welcome welcome all right yeah bearing the soul via poetry that's definitely a uh, definitely an activity i've participated in once or twice over the years yes <laughs> yes you are an amazing writer yes yes 
Thank you. Um, I, I am going to probably need to mute because I've got some stuff kind of going on and everything, but I, I will be listening in today and, uh, and I'm, I may jump back on the mic here, here uh, in probably 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, so. totally. So what I have planned is I'm just going to talk a little bit and read some poetry a little bit and welcome people who come and invite people up and I'll send invitations around if you would like to. And if you want to jump on, just Anytime, raise up your hand and, and I'll just call you right on up. So here we go. Hello, hello, everyone. This is the Roving with Rihanna show, The Craft of Writing. And today, instead of focusing on any particular element or literary element, we are going to focus on poetry itself. So today is World Poetry Day and we are wanting to celebrate poetry itself. I want to welcome the people who've come up on the stage already and say thank you and then I want to welcome and say a grateful note to Terra Spaces, Finn, who is amazing and makes us sound beautiful. So let's just jump right in. So hello, Welcome to Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing. I'm Rihanna. I'm so glad you're here, and I can't wait to talk about writing with you. First off, I thought I would give a bit of a background to who I am and how I began my professional career as a writer and a teacher. For many years, I taught English and writing. At one point, I was even a professor who taught future English teachers how to be English teachers. My goal by doing this together normally is by us gathering and we talk about strategies in writing and the craft of writing and what we do and, and how we build these worlds that we love and how we put into play the words we are in love with. And so today, celebrating poetry, I want to let you know that there will be uh, Soulbound NFT. All guests and visitors of, Rov of the Roving with Rihanna show can mint this Soulbound NFT for free at any time, at any point, whether you're listening now or whether you're listening in the future. And there is a secret phrase that goes with today's Soulbound NFT. And the secret phrase is World Poetry Day. World Poetry Day. So, if you are here and you would like to share a poem, please feel free. If you want to hold up your hand and I'll pull you up on stage and you can you can share a poem or listen to some poetry that I have put together. So first off, I want to introduce you to an online poetry site that I love. It is called poetryfoundation.org. And it is a wonderful site that has, it's dedicated to poems and poetry. You can drop in and visit. It opens right up. And if you put in the name of a poet or put in the name of a poem, and I think you can even put in a portion of a line and it'll pull up the poem or the poet for you. And you can, you can spend an entire amazing wintry afternoon even early spring afternoon reading poetry. So that's what we're going to do today. And so I am actually not in my home state today. I'm visiting. I'm spending some time in Oregon on the Oregon coast, visiting with some family. 
And I've been to the ocean every day since I've been here, and it's so beautiful, but it makes me think of this poem by Edgar Allan Poe. And if you are a fan of Roving with Rihanna, I think this will be the third time in the series since the series began that I read this poem, but I adore it. And if anyone knows me, you all know how much I love Edgar Allan Poe. And so Poe is an American poet, and he wrote this poem. So I'm going to read it and talk a little bit about why I love it. And then I'll just move on to another poem. So this is Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe. It was many and many a year ago in this kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabelle Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, killing, chilling my Annabelle Lee so that her high-born's kinsmen came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that is the reason, as all men know in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above, nor the demons down under the sea, can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide, I lay down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. So this poem is very dear to my heart. Anytime growing up, there was an opportunity to do any sort of research project or whatever. I always did research on Edgar Allan Poe. That and Bram Stoker, I'm a big fan of him as well. Anyway, and so this poem, Annabelle Lee, if you look at it on the page, it actually looks like the ocean waves. It goes in and out and in and out all the way through like the ocean itself like the tide coming in like the waves coming in and going out and then the rhythm of this poem is beautiful and of course i love the story so thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening and if you're here and you'd like to share a poem please feel free to jump in thank you for the applause i appreciate that and so then let's see hmm oh this is a big one this is a big one for me too this is her name this poet's name is emma lazarus emma lazarus was born in new york city and she actually has a very special poem 
special for me, uh, special for many of us, I believe. Uh, my ancestors are Irish and were able to um, immigrate to the New World hundreds of years ago. Um, and they landed at Ellis Island. And so the name of this poem is called The New Colossus. It's by Emma Lazarus, and it's actually at the base of the Statue of Liberty. And I thought of this poem today. I've been thinking a lot because I'm next month, I'm getting an opportunity to go to New York City. I'm going to be a speaker at NFT NYC there in Times Square. And so I'm very excited about that. I'm also very excited because I get to see my daughter. She goes to school in New York City. And so Without further ado, here is The New Colossus by Emma Lazarus. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, lightning and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, Tempest tossed to me, I lift my lamp beside the golden door. So I think that that poem is beautiful and it's lovely that she was born in New York City. And she's actually a writer herself. Um, she began writing and translating poetry when she was young. And so I just really, I really feel like her connection with immigrants and her connection with people of different backgrounds. Um, she's Jewish American. Anyway, so I just feel like that that's a lovely, a lovely piece to share, um, especially thinking about going and visiting New York City myself and the possibility of seeing the Statue of Liberty. I've seen her many times, but it might be, it might be nice uh, to see her again with that sense. Okay, are you ready for another poem? Hello, hello, this is the Roving with Rihanna show, The Craft of Writing, and today we are celebrating World Poetry Day. So if you are just joining us, please feel free. If you have a poem you would like to share, you're always welcome. Please just raise up your hand, request to speak, and I will welcome you up onto the stage and we can share a little bit of poetry together. So this next poem is called Truth and it is written by Gwendolyn Brooks. Now, Gwendolyn Brooks is highly regarded, influential, and widely read poet of the 20th century. She's an American poem, poet. Uh, she won the Pulitzer. She's a, she was a co poetry consultant to the Library of Congress. And she wrote beautiful, really impactful poetry. And so this one 
is called Truth by Gwendolyn Brooks. And if sun comes, how shall we greet him? Shall we not dread him? Shall we not fear him after so lengthy a session in the shade? Though we have wept for him, though we have prayed all through the night years, what if we wake one shimmering morning to hear the fierce hammering of his knuckles hard on the door? Shall we not shudder? Shall we not flee into the shelter, the dear thick shelter of the familiar? Sweet is it, sweet is it to sleep in the coolness of snug unawareness. The dark hangs heavily over the eyes. So this poem to me, there are certain things throughout my life as a reader, as a writer, as a poet, as a novelist that I read over and over. And this poem is interesting because I haven't read it for years. And I thought this morning as I was pulling it up, getting ready for this, that I would have the same sense that I had before about what this poem means. But today, as I read it, truth being the extended metaphor in this poem, the dark hangs heavily over the eyes. Sometimes, maybe we don't want to see the truth. Maybe the truth is hard to see. Maybe it does come rapping, does come knocking, but we keep our eyes closed to it. And how interesting it is to think about sweet is it to sleep in the coolness of snug unawareness. Do we agree with that or not agree with that? Is it better to see the truth? I don't know. There's all these questions that this poem always makes me think of. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, in my younger life, maybe I don't need to know. But the older I get, the more interested I am in what is true. And then how is truth defined for all of us? Anyway, little philosophy <laughs> this morning, I guess, uh, as I think about these things. So Gwendolyn Brooks is wonderful, wonderful to share. So let's see, what next? What next? Oh, let's see. How about a narrative poem by one of my favorite, favorite poets? James Whitcomb Riley is one of my absolute favorite poets. He is an American writer, best-selling author, poet. He wrote lots of things, and but he is sort of lesser known, I feel like. He isn't like Wadsworth Longfellow, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, or Walt Whitman, or Poe even. I feel like he's maybe kind of lesser known, but he uh, is a children's poet for most of his life. He was humorous and sentimental, and so I think maybe that's really why I like him, because I'm a, I'm a sentimental human as well. And so here we are. Um, I'll 
welcome people around the room here one in one second and then we will get back to our poetry reading so hello hello welcome to roving with rihanna and i see some people here in the audience that are new and we are just celebrating not just we are celebrating world poetry day we are not focusing on any one particular feature of poetry. We're just reading some poetry and celebrating the words we're all in love with. And so I see some people who've entered the room who might want to chat. So I'm going to send around some invitations here. If you want to jump up and read a poem or talk about something that you love about poetry, that would be wonderful. And I will reset the room really quick just to say that like always on the roving with rihanna show there will be a soulbound nft associated with this that you can mint through quest chains and there is today for the secret phrase generally i give a secret word but today's secret phrase is world poetry day and I will share the link for minting this after the fact. I'll connect it to the Roving with Rihanna links there in Twitter so that you can jump in anytime, whether you're listening now or whether you're listening in the future and mint your free Soulbound NFT that is a gift from me to you. So, here we have it. We are going to read a poem next by James Whitcomb Riley. Like I said, he's an American poet who writes sentimental things. And this is a lovely poem. And if you're a, if you're a fan of Roving with Rihanna, you've heard this poem already. But it is worth reading again because I love it. So it is called An Old Sweetheart of Mine by James Whitcomb Riley. As one who cons at evening o'er an album all alone and muses on the faces of the friends that he has known, so I turn the leaves of fancy till in shadowy design I find the smiling features of an old sweetheart of mine. The lamplight seems to glimmer with a flicker of surprise as I turn it low to rest me of the dazzle in my eyes and light my pipe in silence save a sigh that seems to yoke its fate with my tobacco and to vanish with the smoke tis a fragrant retrospection for the loving thoughts that start into being are like perfumes from the blossom of the heart and to dream the old dreams over is a luxury divine when my truant fancy wanders with that old sweetheart of mine Though I hear beneath my study like a fluttering of wings, the voices of my children and the mother as she sings, I feel no twinge of conscience to deny me any theme when care has cast her anchor in the arbor of a dream. In fact, to speak in earnest, I believe it adds a charm to spice the good a trifle with a little dust of harm. For I find an extra flavor in memory's mellow wine that makes me drink the deeper to that old sweetheart of mine. A face of lily beauty with a form of airy grace floats out of my tobacco as the genie from the vase. And I thrill beneath the glances of a pair of azure eyes as glowing as the summer and as tender as the skies. I can see the pink sunbonnet and the little checkered dress she wore when I first kissed her 
and she answered the caress. With the written declaration that as surely as the vine grew round the stump, she loved me, that old sweetheart of mine. And again I feel the pressure of her slender little hand, as we used to talk together of the future we had planned. When I should be a poet, and with nothing else to do, but write the tender verses that she set the music to. When we should live together in a cozy little cot, hid in a nest of roses with a fairy garden spot, where the vines were ever fruited and the weather ever fine, and the birds were ever singing for that old sweetheart of mine. And I should be her lover forever and a day, and she my faithful sweetheart till the golden hair was gray. And we should be so happy that when either's lips were dumb, they would not smile in heaven till the other's kiss had come. But ah, my dream is broken by a step upon the stair, and the door is softly opened, and my wife is standing there. Yet with eagerness and rapture all my visions I resign to greet the living presence of that old sweetheart of mine. The End I love this poem. It's so beautiful. I love the rhythm of it. I love the story of it. I love the words. I love the irony at the end where you think, oh, he's going to get in trouble. But then here he is. He greets the living presence of that old sweetheart of his. And I just love it. I love it. It's so beautiful and wonderful. And James Whitcomb Riley wrote it, but he is not, he is not, uh, I don't know, a top 10 poet. He he's a lovely he's a lovely um person who shared something beautiful. And so here we've got uh Edward who's coming up. He's requested to speak. I'm so happy about that. Would love to hear what he has to say. It'll be so fun. Anyway, and so while he's getting all connected, I'll just keep chattering a little bit. And so I really feel like that when we think about the future of literature here in the Web3 space, and if we think about the future of writers and who they are and where they're coming from, I really feel like that everyone has... Um, if they are a writer or if they're a musician or if they're an artist in some, at some, in some way that they have a beautiful opportunity to contribute to um, this body of work that will become pieces of the future. And I have a good friend who talks all the time about building the library of Alexandria and that just, it, actually gives me goosebumps to think about the ability for everyone to have a place for themselves and a place for their writing and to be part of the future. And while James Whitcomb Riley was not necessarily a well-known poet, well, he could have been. And maybe there are several James Whitcomb Rileys out here. And being able to give them a voice and being able to give them an opportunity to have a place for their work to be published. And I just think that that would be a beautiful thing and that Web3 really opens that up for us. And so 
um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. So excited. And here, let's see. Our Edward here is trying again. Let me see if I can have him jump up. I'll send him a better invite here. Maybe this will help a little bit. Edward, I'm trying to get you. I don't know why it's not working. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe let me move on a minute. I know that Edward's out and about traveling as well, and maybe his his world isn't letting him connect with us, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, we will see what we can figure out. Okay. Let's see. So thumbs up. Did we like the other poem? I love it. I love it. I love it. It's been so, it's such a great one. So let's see if I can. Yay. Okay. I think, I think we're going to win with Edward this time around. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So my next poem is by Miss Emily Dickinson. Now, I don't know where we are all with our knowledge about Miss Emily, but she is one of America's greatest and most honored poets. She kind of grew up in the world of Emerson and Thoreau and Whitman and all of these big name people, and she built this world. Um, that is just very powerful. But if we know that she was not really published, she did not really have any of her work published until after her death, posthumously. And then it was then at that point that she became popular and that her poetry um, became renowned. And so people going through her things and looking at her estate and, and she just, you know, jotted things on envelopes and the backs of notebooks. And, and so it was just really, really, um, she's very fascinating to me, her world and how she, she did these things. But then if you know that about her as the writer, and then you read her poetry, you're just like, wow, that is really impactful. That's very observant of her, or that's very interesting of her to be able to have such rich thoughts about things. And so this poem is called in this short life that only lasts an hour. This poem is very short, but really impactful. In this short life that only lasts an hour, how much, how little is within our power? So I'm going to jump back and be philosophical again. Because this poem, there's no punctuation. Like if you look at it, there there's no end to punctuation. There isn't a period. There isn't a question mark. There's no exclamation point. It's just really 
printed black and white on the page in this short life that only lasts an hour, how much, how little is within our power? And so we, as the reader, we get to evaluate that and say, is this a hypothetical question? Something that we ponder, but we don't really answer. And so anyway, it's lovely. And I I think about that when I feel overwhelmed, like what can I do? What can I, what can I manage? What am I in charge of? And sometimes it feels like very little. (laughs) And then sometimes there's really a lot. And so this poem flits through my mind quite often as I go through my life as a writer, as a reader, as a person. Okay, let's see. Hmm. (laughs) What are we in the mood for now? Are we in the mood for some Web3 poets? Maybe let's do that a little bit. So as Rihanna Morgan here with Roving with Rihanna, every week I like to jump in and go shopping for a Web3 poem that um, someone has just published. I actually am a fan of visiting object, objkt.com, object.com, and jumping in there and looking around and shopping a little bit for some for some poetry. And this week, my poem that I pulled out is, let me give honor to the poet first. They are at NiceFantastic underscore on Twitter. And they um, have quite a few poems, but they've got lots of um, really impactful photographs and pictures and pieces that um, clearly are important to them. But this poem in particular today really kind of spoke to me with the way that we are celebrating World Poetry Day. And so this is the poem by our new friend. This is called The Way. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the world, the life, the world, the breath. Enjoy the breather, the breather, the breath. Roll in, the rolling, the breather, the wind, a hundred at a left. Anyway, and so I just really feel like that that is a prompt to us, um, a little nudge to enjoy the world. And with um, here in the United States, it's turning springtime. And in the northern states, the snow is melting. In the southern states, the maybe the wind is lessening and maybe the, the rain is pausing or maybe the rain is coming and bringing spring flowers with it. I can see where I'm sitting outside my window, some daffodils. And so I just am excited about that. And 
Let's see. Let's see. Should we go on an adventure for our next poem here? How about we do that? We'll, we'll zip across and talk a little bit about a man named Alfred Noyes, N-O-Y-E-S. Alfred Noyes. Anyway, he wrote a poem that is called The Highwaymen. And it's quite an adventure, this poem itself. So let me talk a little bit about it. So this is a narrative poem, which means it tells a story as it walks through. And so the highwaymen, maybe let's read it and then we can talk about it a little bit. So part one. The wind was a torrent of darkness among the gusty trees. The moon was a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. The road was a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor, and the highwaymen came riding, riding, riding. The highwaymen came riding up to the old inn door. He'd a French cocked hat at his forehead, a bunch of lace at his chin, a coat of the claret velvet, and breeches of brown doe skin. They fitted with never a wrinkle. His boots were up to the thigh, and he rode with a jeweled twinkle. His pistol butts a twinkle, his rapier hilt a twinkle, under the jeweled sky. Over the cobbles he clattered and clashed in the dark inn yard. He tapped with his whip on the shutters, but all was locked and barred. He whistled a tune to the window, and who should be waiting there? But the landlord's black-eyed daughter, Bess, the landlord's daughter, plaiting a dark red love knot into her long black hair. And dark in the dark old inn yard, a stable wicket creaked, where Tim the ostler listened, his face was white and peaked. His eyes were hollows of madness, his hair like moldy hay. But he loved the landlord's daughter, the landlord's red-lipped daughter. Dumb as a dog, he listened, and he heard the robber say, One kiss, my bonny sweetheart, I'm after a prize tonight. But I shall be back with the yellow gold before the morning light. And if they press me sharply and harry me through the day, then look to me, look for me by moonlight, watch for me by moonlight. I'll come to, be, come to thee by moonlight, though hell should bar the way. He rose upright in the stirrups. He scarce could reach his her hand, but she loosened her hair in the casement. His face burned like a brand. As the black cascade of perfume came tumbling over his breast, and he kissed its waves in the moonlight, oh, sweet black waves in the moonlight, then he tugged at his rein in the moonlight and galloped away to the west. Part two. He did not come in the dawning. He did not come at noon. And out of the tawny sunset, before the rise of the moon, when the road was a gypsy's ribbon, looping the purple moor, a redcoat troop came marching, marching, marching. King George's men came marching up to the old inn door. 
They said no word to the landlord. They drank his ale instead. They gagged his daughter and bound her to the foot of her narrow bed. Two of the men knelt at her casement with muskets at their side. There was death at every window and hell at one dark window. For Bess could see through her casement the road that he would ride. They had tied her up to attention. With many a sniggering jest, they had bound a musket beside her with the muzzle beneath her breast. Now keep good watch, and they kissed her. She heard the doomed man say, Look for me by moonlight. Watch for me by moonlight. I'll come to thee by moonlight, though hell should bar the way. She twisted her hands behind her, but all the knots held good. She writhed her hands till her fingers were wet with sweat or blood. They stretched and strained in the darkness, and the hours crawled by like years, till now on the stroke of midnight, cold on the stroke of midnight. The one, the tip of one finger touched it. The trigger at least was hers. The tip of one finger touched it. She strove no more for the rest. Up she stood, up to attention, with the muzzle beneath her breast. She would not risk their hearing. She would not strive again, for the road lay bare in the moonlight, blank and bare in the moonlight, and the blood of her veins in the moonlight throbbed to her love's refrain. To lot, to lot, had they heard it? The horse hooves ringing clear? To lot, to lot, in the distance? Were they deaf that they did not hear? Down the ribbon of moonlight, over the brow of the hill, the highwaymen came riding, riding, riding. The redcoats looked to their priming. She stood up, straight and still. To lot in the frosty silence, to lot in the echoing night. Nearer he came and nearer. Her face was like a light. Her eyes grew wide for a moment. She drew one last deep breath. Then her finger moved in the moonlight. Her musket shattered the moonlight, shattered her breast in the moonlight, and warned him with her death. He turned. He spurred to the west. He did not know who stood, bowed with her head or the musket, drenched with her own blood. Not till dawn he heard it, and his face grew gray to hear how best the landlord's daughter, the landlord's black-eyed daughter, had watched for her love in the moonlight and died in the darkness there. Back he spurred like a madman, shrieking a curse to the sky. With the white road smoking behind him and his rapier brandished high, Blood red were his spurs in the golden noon. Wine red was his velvet coat when they shot him down on the highway, like a dog on the highway. And he lay in his blood on the highway with a bunch of lace at his throat. And still of a winter's night, they say, when the wind is in the trees, when the moon is a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. When the road is a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor, a highwayman comes riding, riding, riding. A highwayman comes riding up to the old inn door 
Over the cobbles he clatters and clangs in the dark inn-yard. He taps with his whip on the shutters, but all is locked and barred. He whistles a tune to the window, and who should be waiting there but the landlord's black-eyed daughter, Bess, the landlord's daughter, plaiting a dark red love knot into her long black hair. The end. I love that poem. (laughs) Thank you for clapping. (laughs) Very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. So I don't want to talk very much about this poem because I think it really speaks for itself. So does everything else. But this, the pictures that this brings, the imagery that it brings, and the rhythm all the way through the poem sounds like a horse running. And of course, I love it. And I'm a hopeless romantic. And so reading the poem where they both die is very sad. But then at the end, their ghosts come back, their spirits come back, and love remains and endures. So I just think it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All righty. We've got time for a couple more poems. Yay! We are so celebrating poetry today. Okay, so let's see. Oh, let's read another one from a lesser known poet. His name is John Greenleaf Whittier. He is also an American poet. And so you're learning a little bit more about me today and how I am a romantic, hopeless romantic. This poem is entitled Maud Muller. And I will just go ahead and read it. Maud Muller, on a summer's day, raked the meadow sweet with hay. Beneath her torn hat glowed the wealth of simple beauty and rustic health. Singing, she wrought. And Mary and her merry glee, the mockbird echoed from his tree. But when she glanced to the far-off town, white from its hill slope looking down, the sweet song died, and a vague unrest and a nameless longing filled her breast. A wish that she had hardly dared to own, for something better than she had known. The judge rode slowly down the lane, smoothing his horse's chestnut mane. He drew his bridle in the shade of the apple trees to greet the maid and asked for a draught from the spring that flowed through the meadow and across the road. She stooped where the cool spring bubbled up and filled for him her small tin cup and blushed as she gave it, looking down on her feet so bare and her tattered gown. Thanks, said the judge. A sweeter draught from a fairer hand was never quaffed. He spoke of the grass and flowers and trees, and of the singing birds and the humming bees. Then they talked of the haying and wondered whether the cloud in the west would bring foul weather. And Maud forgot her briar-torn gown and her graceful ankles bare and brown, and listened while a pleased, surprised, looked from her long-lashed hazel eyes. At last, like one who for delay seeks a vain excuse, he rode away. Maud Muller looked and sighed. Ah, me, 
that I the judge's bride might be. He would dress me up in silk so fine and praise and toast me at his wine. My father should wear a broadcloth coat. My brother should sail a painted boat. And I'd dress my mother so grand and gay. And the baby should have a new toy each day. And I'd feed the hungry and clothe the poor. And all should bless me who left our door. The, the judge looked back as he climbed the hill and saw Maud Muller standing still. A form mere fa more fair, a face more sweet, ne'er hath it been my lot to meet. And her modest answer and graceful air show her wise and good as she is fair. Would she were mine and I today, like her a harvester of hay? No doubtful balance of rights and wrongs, no weary lawyers with endless tongues, but low of cattle and song of birds, and health and quiet and loving words. But he thought of his sisters, proud and cold, and his mother, vain of her rank and gold. So closing his heart, the judge rode on, and Maud was left in the field alone. But the lawyer smiled that afternoon when he hummed in court an old love tune. And the young girl mused beside the well till the rain on the unraked clover fell. He wedded a wife of richest dower who lived for fashion as he for power. Yet oft in his marble hearth's bright glow, he watched a picture come and go. And sweet Mon Muller's hazel eyes looked out in, looked out in their innocent surprise. Oft when the wine in his glass was red, he longed for the wayside well instead, and closed his eyes on his garnished rooms to dream of meadows and closer, clover blooms. And the proud man sighed with secret pain, ah, that I were free again. Free as when I rode that day, where the barefoot maiden raked her hay. She wedded a man unlearned and poor, and many children played round her door. But care and sorrow and childbirth pain left their traces on heart and brain. And oft when the summer sun shone hot on the new mown hay in the meadow lot, and she heard the little spring brook fall over the roadside through the wall. In the shade of the apple tree again, she saw a rider draw his rein, and gazing down with timid grace, she felt his pleased eyes read her face. Sometimes her narrow kitchen walls stretched away to stately halls. The weary wheel to a spinet turned, the tallow candle and astral burned. And for him who sat by the chimney lug, dozing and grumbling or pipe and mug. A manly form at her side she saw, and joy was duty, and love was law. Then she took up her burden of life again, saying, Only it might have been. Alas for maiden, alas for judge, for rich repiner and household drudge. God pity them both, and pity us all who vainly the dreams of youth recall. For of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. Ah, well, for us all, some sweet hope lies, deeply buried from human eyes. 
And in the hereafter, angels may roll the stone from its grave away. Now, this poem does not end happily. But it's a thoughtful piece that has us think about what might have been the choices we make and how do we allow external voices guide our lives. Plus, it's pretty. The rhythm is nice. And John Greenleaf Whittier is a favorite poet of mine. And I like the story, the sweetness of the girl beside the well and the judge humming an old love tune. It's pretty sweet to me. I like it. I like it. I like it. So I'm going to return and read a couple more Web 3 Poet poems. Let me see. Let me see. Let me go grab one of these. This is by a poet named On God, A-N-G-A-D. And his poem, his piece in on Twitter, he is A-N-G-A-D-B-S-O-D-H-I. And his creation and his inspiration and his path that he is following and that he is building and that he is going along is support living artists. And so I really love that. And so I was able to collect um, a poem of his that is really very nice. Let me go grab that. If I jump from one thing to another, um, my computer screen. I have to zoom around, right? Okay. So we are artists is the title of this poem. We are artists. We sow seeds of change that can topple civilizations. Art is the language of revolution, of evolution to a better way. Imagination brings the winds of change. So have your say. Let's pave the way to a better day. I love that. I love that. Let's pave the way to a better day. So I really feel like that that speaks volumes when it comes to the things that we are wanting to do here in Web3 and here with literary NFTs and here with Web3 Publishing we really can pave the way to a better day. And I'm super excited to be part of that. I'm super excited for those of you who are listening now or listening in the future. That means you are part of that as well. It's it's so exciting to be a writer in this time frame in the world and to know that all of these different experiences that we get to have and all of these different interactions that we get to have where we get to connect with other writers where we get to connect with other readers where we get to where we 
get to build the world we're wanting to have. And so let me see, I think I may have one more poem that I want to mention. I'm going to reach in and grab another Web3 poet because this is really exciting. This one is called Autumn Leaves. This is by Leon Falsus. Leon, pardon me, Leon Falsus. He is a French poet. He is actually featured recently in Vagabond magazine. If you haven't had an opportunity to read a Vagabond magazine, you definitely can. Uh, follow along with me. You can find links with me. You can look it up online. It's even sold on, on Amazon. Sold on on um you can read it for free at Read Me Books through Page Dow. There's all sorts of ways that you can do this. Anyway, Leon Falsus, he wrote a poem that is beautiful. And it is called Autumn Leaves. And here I'm doing the computer thing again. Give me one moment. Here we go. Here we go. So this poem is accompanied by a piece of artwork. The artwork itself is a forest scene. The trees themselves have golden leaves and on the floor of the forest, red leaves that have just fallen in the fall are sprinkled there. And this poem says, strip off the cold you bring in your heart, letting the veil of sadness fall from your eyes, like autumn leaves that color the forest red, like the flame you hide inside. And I just think that the imagery of this is beautiful and how this poet combined artwork and the words that they wrote and were able to share it with us this way. This is another poet who I have collected and have really enjoyed getting to know. And so this is lovely. We have had the most lovely time, the most lovely time. And so if you're wondering the poems that I read today, I read Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe. I read New Colossus by Emma Lazarus. I read The Highwaymen by Alfred Noyes. I read Maud Muller by John Greenleaf Whittier. I read An Old Sweetheart of Mine by James Whitcomb Riley. I read a little one, a little tiny one, by Emily Dickinson, and that poem was so fun. And if you're ever wanting something to just think about, that's a, that's a lovely one to return to. So, everyone, today has been amazing, and the hour flew by so fast. I can't even imagine. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. Okay, so... Once again, this is Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing, and today we have celebrated poetry. We just read poetry this whole time. And so when you do jump in and mint your Soulbound NFT, which, you're, which you can do anytime, it's a gift from me to you. It is free. Just pay the gas, I think, is how that works. And... um the secret phrase for today is World Poetry Day. 
Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much for coming and spending the day celebrating the words that we love so much. If you need me, send me a DM. Otherwise, I'll see you next week with Roving with Rihanna. Happy writing, everyone. Happy reading. Happy World Poetry Day. Much love out there. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Roving with Riona, The Craft of Writing, World Poetry Day. Recorded on Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Yeah. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on camera. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties The sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around three how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish, Ah shit, now you only got two left, you know what I wish, we didn't have any loose ends, you know what I miss, listening to excuses, now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose, that's what happens when people don't know what's true in the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom in the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog like a fake mate and call at the zoo it's looking like the view is getting disappointed too i'm working on the new shit trying to produce it's what i'm willing to go through when i'm making my music